In the last 10 years, our field has gone from an unknown specialty to a household name. This brings unprecedented opportunities, but we need to rise up to meet them and give our patients the care that they deserve. In order to help others get better, we need to be better. This podcast will help you to become more confident with your patients, more successful in your practice or business, and a leader in pelvic health. And we're gonna have some fun along the way. Join us as we rise together. We're Jesse and Nicole Cozine, founders of Pelvic Sanity Physical Therapy and the creators of the Pelvic PT Huddle. And this is Pelvic PT Rising. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Pelvic PT Rising Podcast with Jesse and Nicole Cozine. Hey Nicole. Hello. Well, happy first Mother's Day. This is my first actual Mother's Day with an actual baby. Yeah. <laughs> Although sometimes, you know, you guys have heard my story, like this is not the first Mother's Day that I have wanted to celebrate. And so this makes it extra special to be able to actually have Mr. Clay here in the flesh and celebrating Mother's Day today. Yeah, Nicole's sister was like, what are you going to do for Nicole for her first Mother's Day? I was like, me? She's not my mother. That's what Clay's going to do for her. Holy cow. <laughs> oh, I've already got a mother coming, i got to take Coming care. in with the dad jokes. That's seriously like the best thing about now being a dad. Well, not the best thing, but among the best things is basically I already had the dad sense of humor, but no real excuse for it. And now everything kind of ties together. Congruity. Yeah, great. Aren't uh, we all really excited about that? Aren't we all? <laughs> guys, a couple of really exciting announcements. First of all, thank you guys so much. We were able to open up some extra tickets to Pelvicon. We worked with the venue to open up almost 60 more tickets, um, and those have been snatched up. So Pelvicon is officially sold out. Almost 600 of you guys are going to be descending on Atlanta, taking over hotels, taking over a restaurant. We cannot wait. It is so freaking exciting. Dang, you guys, this is really amazing. Jessica and I were talking and we cannot believe because we never take anything for granted. And so even though we sold out last year, we were like, you know, if we don't sell out this year, it's worse. It worse. We have to give ourselves pep tops because we're such perfectionists. We're like, it's still going to be a huge success. But to sell out again, it's like really special to us. And we take it very seriously. And we're working really hard to make the second annual Pelvicon even better than the first, if that can even happen. So we are just so grateful for every single one of you who's going to be in Atlanta in September. Cannot wait. Yes. Couple other little notes here, guys. If you are a business owner or a business wannabe, we have some really cool stuff coming out for both of you guys. There's going to be a lot more coming about about that later this month, but we're going to have all of the details for a sneak peek at that and to get on wait lists for different things. You can check out pelvicptrising.com/business, and we have some really stuff that we're just really excited for coming out soon. We also got enough DMs from you guys, our loyal listeners, that we are finally going to tell this firing story of Nicole's that we've been teasing you with for the entire length of this podcast. I really actually feel bad about it. I feel like we probably mentioned it like 20 times and we've never actually told the story. Well, that is going to change, folks. We have been a little cryptic about it deliberately, but it's happening, you guys. <laughs> you got There are so many of you guys that reached out. And we're like, please tell the story or like said something else. And then like, P.S., please tell the story. We will. And we're going to figure out how to, you know, make it so that it's there's lessons learned on all ends and all the things. So 
Stay tuned for that. We, that is coming and coming soon. Yes, and this is a pause in our Missing Piece series, but we have gotten such great feedback that is going to continue. We're talking about a lot more diagnoses, but we wanted to do something a little bit special in honor of Mother's Day and talk about five things we've changed at Pelvic Sanity based on Nicole's experience in pregnancy and with Clay. And so we wanted to give you guys a kind of an inside peek at what some of that has looked like. Some of it's stuff that, frankly, we're a little bit embarrassed that we weren't doing better at before. And something that is when you know better, you do better, right? Yeah, as soon as you know better, you do better. It's always been important to me to see people going through pregnancy and people in the postpartum phase. That's always been a part of pelvic sanity. That's always been a part of every population that I've ever treated. I've never not treated that population. But since having clay... (laughs) Yeah, I'm sort of embarrassed to say that I had never, prior to Clay, I'd never had a changing table nor a nursing station in pelvic sanity. I was always like, well, you know, we have really nice rooms. Someone could really just do that kind of at the end. Really not understanding like how important that is and how sometimes difficult it can be. And just sometimes how it's important to just have a space where you don't have to go out to your car or you won't get distracted as much, or you're not on the go in some weird position. So we, since having Clay, have put a changing table and a nursing station in pelvic sanity. And it has been so cool, not only when I am there with him, as he comes to work with me quite a bit, I'm able to use those spaces, but it's been really nice to see other patients doing it. It's not like we made an announcement either. So it's one of those things too, where it's like, sure, did it have to be there? Was pelvic sanity terrible for not having it prior to? Absolutely not. But when it's there, it gets used, which means it's a needed thing that isn't something where someone's going to like give us a negative review because, oh my gosh, I can't believe that, you know, they wouldn't do that, but it certainly is getting used. And so it is a really cool convenience for if you see anybody that is pregnant or postpartum, obviously postpartum for the changing table on the nursing station, but even pregnancy, like a nice comfy chair to just sort of pause for a second. So you don't have to rush out the clinic. It's been just a really cool thing to see it actually being used without us even making a big announcement that it's there. Absolutely. I think the other thing, Nicole, is I think it's a signal too. It's a signal like, hey, we get it. We're here with you in this. Like, This is something we care about. It's something we invested in. It's something we're taking up valuable real estate in the clinic to do. It's that important. And you know, I think that was a signal that we weren't giving before. And I think it's one of those things, even if that's not something that you can put in where you are, or if that's not something you're allowed to do, what are some of those things that you can just say, I mean, think one that we've done a good job with over the years has been having a wide selection of like tampons and sanitary products for people, right? We get it. Like here they are, like we're in this with you. Are there other ways that we can be doing that for people in the pregnancy and postpartum populations, even if it's not a changing table or a nursing station? I think that's really important to us. I think we're going to continue to look for other ways to really be able to signal that and show people, you know, this is something we care about here. Absolutely. And for, you know, for those of you, and again, when you know better, do better, right? So I have a lot of empathy for a 
pelvic floor therapist that has not had a baby, honestly, because it is a really, and for whatever reason, whether you don't want one, whether you're having trouble, like I get it all. There was a long time when we didn't want kids for a while and then we had trouble. So like we get all of the spectrum of the journey in life of wherever you are. But now that we are there, I can certainly say that it is a big deal to signal. And there are certain aspects of being in that phase of life that really do make a big difference. Even just having like different size diapers and extra wipes. Like one of our first like outings, we freaking forgot wipes, right? I mean, it was just like, oh shit, we didn't have them in the thing because, and how cool would it have been? I didn't, it wasn't, I was actually out for the first time with actually Jessica and Andrew we were out in the wild for like one of the first times with Clay and and we like didn't have wipes in our freaking thing. Now, somebody that that is a new new parent thing to do is just screw up on that kind of stuff. And so, wow, wouldn't it be awesome if you can take that extra step and have those supplies sort of ready in your clinic even if you don't have the ability to like in a, in the, your room to have that space? Man, just that extra thought can go a long way. So those are the two things that we changed first, the changing table and the nursing station. Another thing we've changed, Nicole, is we've totally revamped our pregnancy program and our and our recommendations around that. We're actually trying to see people a lot earlier. We're trying to see them in conjunction with their OB schedule. Talk to me about some of that stuff because that's been another big change for us. And I think we saw the fallacy firsthand of oh, you need to come in for like push prep or birth prepare up. Why don't you just come in at 37 weeks? Yeah. Or even honestly, I was always like, oh, let's go earlier than most people are recommending. Let's go 35 weeks. And it's like, ooh, that is nothing. You are well into your third trimester. And quite frankly, at that point, you are so baby focused that it's like you're not thinking, especially for someone that hasn't had kid before, that doesn't know what's about to happen. You are not thinking that labor is going to be a problem for you. You're either in the stage of like, I'm just going to get an epidural, everything's going to be fine, or I have a scheduled C-section, no worries. Or I that think- blissful ignorance. We find a lot of folks who almost like don't want to hear about it. Like, okay, I know it's going to be really hard, but everybody's somehow able to do it. So I'm going to be able to get through it, but I really don't want to like hear about it. Totally. So one of the biggest things that we changed with me going through this process was the advocacy for patients to come or clients really, because this it happens for even people that don't have quote unquote symptoms, but people to come way earlier. And I really am starting to advocate and our pregnancy program at Pelvic Sanity now starts when they start seeing their OB regularly. And for someone that has zero symptoms, no issues at all, we should still be seeing them for a healthy pelvic floor, healthy pregnancy, healthy body, healthy athleticism, healthy movement during pregnancy, just like we're going to the OB to ensure a healthy baby. And this then becomes a maybe, maybe one check in the first trimester that I could be okay with, with not seeing that one. 
But as soon as they hit the second trimester, we should be seeing people monthly. So we should be seeing people at around the 12 to 14 week mark, and then monthly until they start to increase frequency with their OB. And usually in a non-high risk pregnancy, that is around the third trimester, maybe even at like 30 weeks that you start to go every couple of weeks because things are changing so rapidly. Your body's getting bigger. There's changes with the baby that they need to monitor, but there's other things like round ligament pain and SI joint issues and even non-pelvic stuff like foot pain, edema, thoracic spine pain, your rib cage starts changing a lot. You have start to have breathing issues. You're short of breath when you weren't before, you know, when you're exercising. All of those things need our expert guide to help patients modify. And then in the third trimester, when we start seeing our OBs more frequently, then that's when we should really start to be seeing people at least once a week. And this is all, again, if you don't have any symptoms. And so as soon as somebody starts to have symptoms, we should immediately start to be seeing those people more frequently until that acute thing is resolved or just continue on that path. Because here's the deal. What I kind of didn't realize until I was, which again, I'm kind of even embarrassed to say, but I'm going to say it because we all need to do better, is that our guess date or the due date is basically a one or two week past that date and really a plus or a minus two to three weeks. It's like a month long span of this baby could come at any moment. As soon as you hit 37 weeks and you're quote unquote full term there, if you go into labor, no one's stopping it. Like you could have the baby at any point. So if we wait until 35 weeks, for instance, to start perineal fascia work and perineal massage and push prep, like there's a lot of things we have to go over in a very short period of time that we could be butting against something going with pregnancy, something medically happening where they need to be monitored more frequently, where we can't do a lot of the things. And so I really believe that we should be starting our pregnancy programs well before that, 30, 32 weeks even, so that we can make sure that if we start, for instance, perineal massage work, and we find that there is a massive amount of pain or pelvic floor muscle overactivity, as there commonly is when that's the one of the big things that's trying to like stabilize your spine and everything as your abdominal muscles aren't working as well anymore because they're stretched out because of the baby, like that is a huge impact that we can have where we can start seeing people earlier and and addressing those issues so that we don't get bamboozled with, oh my gosh, I just started perineal massage and ow, that actually really hurts. Now all of a sudden we have to decrease that pain before we can actually be any more aggressive with the perineal massage that we need to do in order to decrease the risk of tearing. And so all that is to say is that we need to be seeing people much earlier even in the absence of symptoms. And this is where this wellness factor comes in quite a bit, just like we're doing at the OB. So that's something that we have implemented at Pelvic Sanity. We've actually put it in as a formal pregnancy program. Here's something that we are changing, but we have not really completely figured out yet. Again, to be perfectly honest with you guys, we feel like the early postpartum care is so much more important than even we realized And it is so much more difficult than we realized. And I don't have the right answer for this. I think it's probably different in different settings. 
This is probably one of the exceptions to Nicole's general feelings on telehealth, where that could be something that could be super valuable. But just having been through it, I think I said this on a podcast a couple of weeks ago, like I honestly feel like the six weeks after Clay was born literally took as long as the first 36 years of my life. Seriously. It it seemed like it was insane. That's an insane amount of time between the time you go home from the hospital to try to keep this little human alive before you ever see another medical provider. That's absolutely nuts. Eternity. And especially if if the person is trying to breastfeed, then there is a whole nother level of complexity, a whole nother level of anxiety, a whole nother level of in 12 to 24 hours, you can be in a drastically different space. I can remember like sobbing on my bed. Don't you remember this? Like sobbing, absolutely being like, oh my God, what is happening? My boobs are engorged. Clay's not latching, like terrible. He's not eating. He's crying. My boobs hurt. I can't even barely have him around much. And it's just like an absolute shit show. And I'm sobbing and not joking. 12 hours later, I've had seen a lactation consultant and Jesse was helping me differently and all the things. And our position was slightly different. And all of a sudden, less than 12 hours, Clay's latched and eating fine and sleeping. And, and I was like, what is going on? <laughs> and, and you're pumping like milk. We're like, what do we do with all this now? Yeah, I was, like, I was pumping like, and, and I just felt so much more empowered. And that was literally felt like the longest 12 hours of my entire life. But, but that was a drastically different time period. I feel like you age like way differently in that time period. You just get everything both gets easier and harder. It's just like this huge whirlwind. I can't even really describe it or put words to it now, which is why actually we haven't talked a ton about our postpartum journey on the journey to clay because we're still in it. And so I want to have some distance and perspective so that I can like reflect on it so I can share with you a little bit more. But what I do know is that the early time postpartum in that zero to six week time where where normally we're saying like, oh yeah, six week OB check, like come to pelvic PT or pelvic rehab. That's great. That's very needed. But that's a mother freaking eternity. It is the longest period of time. And again, like Jesse had said, you know, we have a whole podcast on how I actually don't think telehealth is the gold standard for pelvic rehab. I think that there's a place for it, but I don't think that it should replace any in-person stuff. And if you do telehealth and that's great, I think you can still serve a purpose, but I don't think it is um, the gold standard. I think you can be missing a ton of stuff. I do feel like a telehealth consult in that first couple of weeks would be hugely beneficial for us. This is also where we just did a mobile podcast where the pros and cons of mobile, there's a lot of cons of doing a mobile practice, except for if you have a huge passion for this population. And I can tell you, I was just like, someone needs to just come and help me. It seems so overwhelming to get out of your house. I can't even imagine trying to do that with a newborn and like a toddler or any other permutation of difficulties when your family's not supportive or you don't have a great relationship with your partner. Or, I mean, even if your cat's having a hard time, like your cat's meowing and that feels like a huge deal, like it's just overwhelming. And so I really feel like talking to someone in our field, pelvic rehab provider, that can really provide a lot of 
medical screening. Is this normal? Is this not? What's actually the thing that's most bothersome right now? Oh my gosh, my my mid back, my mid scapular region. Of course, patient isn't going to say this, but my mid scapular region was burning. I have numbness in my hand. Jesse's got mom thumb. Like we're just a friggin' mess, you know? And so I feel like even that, just to give a couple of different tips, just to be there present for that family can be huge. So again, I don't really know what the answer is, but all I can say is that we all need to be seeing people way sooner in some way. And that shit's going to be really hard to implement in real life and make people understand the value that we can actually provide there. Absolutely. So that's something we're going to be very much thinking about as we go forward at Pelvic Sanity. The last thing that we have changed is for us, it's going to be a little bit different for everybody else, but it's really finding support. For us, that's been hiring. We are actually really trying to be able to make sure that Pelvic Sanity doesn't require us to be there in order for it to be a really successful, thriving practice. And we've done a, a relatively good job, but that was one of the things stepping away for three months with maternity showed us is that we needed to find additional support. And so if you guys aren't business owners, that doesn't mean that you know you have to hire somebody, but where can you find additional support in this time? I think it's an important question to be asking. So at Pelvic Sanity, we're hiring an office manager. We're hiring another patient care coordinator. We're hiring an executive assistant to work remotely and to help us with all the stuff we're doing on Rising. That was all things that we were handling and we were making it happen. And we didn't realize until Clay came that that was such a stretch, to be honest with you. And I think that that's something that we've really learned. And and whatever that means for you, whether that's getting a house cleaner, whether that's asking for help from your family, whatever that is. But man, just finding that extra support wherever you can, I think is a big lesson learned from us. Yeah, you know, it was actually interesting to be to be on the essentially the patient end of this. Because when I am talking to either postpartum patient or especially a chronic pelvic pain patient, I take out and I draw, we actually have it on laminated folders and we can like write with dry erase markers on this thing. And, and it's the the graph of time on the x-axis and symptom or, or pelvic floor dysfunction on the y-axis. And there's a horizontal line to the x-axis that is the symptom threshold line, right? Meaning that you can be totally having dysfunction without symptoms until you hit that line. And so what many of our patients have is we're hovering over the line. We're just below it. We don't have symptoms. We think we're great. And then all of a sudden some little things happen and it blips us over the line. And now we have symptoms again, right? That can be it can be really helpful for visualization for why people flare and what where we're building resiliency in the system and all of that. But I feel like that's where we were on the time management scale, right? Where we were doing a ton. We are still doing a ton, but now we're hovering with having clay. We don't have a lot of resiliency in our system. So, and this goes for any person that's just had a baby or has kids is that our, we're closer to that threshold line of not being able to do the thing. So 
One little thing can kick you over the edge. One little thing, you know, he doesn't eat at the right time. He doesn't nap really well. And now something that I could have relied on, you know, him being sort of quiet and okay to be on a call is now not a thing. And so in order to be a professional facing on our coaching calls and stuff like that, like we can't do that. We need help. And so, and, and every day is different. I think that's one of the other things I've learned so far in my mom journey is like, every single day is different, which for someone that has like a lot used to having a lot of control over their life and their schedule and how well you do certain tasks that you're in control of your own self a lot. Like I'm excellent at a lot of things. Therefore, I that's sort of a a given. Well, now I have a wild card that can just freaking punch my legs out, out, punch my legs out from under me and I can fall flat on my ass at any time. And it's It's that kind of a thing where it's like, I'm either going to be 20 minutes early to an appointment or I'm not coming. (laughs) Like (laughs) that's the sort of like world we're living in now and it's hard. And so we are, yeah, deciding early to recognizing early that we need help, deciding early to do something about it. And we're hiring all those positions, both at Pelvic Sanity and at Pelvic PT Rising and we're really just grateful for the support that we do have. I'm grateful for you, Jesse. And so it's just like, we're, that's one of the big things that we've learned. It's, it's quite humbling, <laughs> quite humbling being a parent. And it used to be the resiliency in the system could all come from us and our abilities and our extra time and, and you and guys our who run grind, right? businesses know, right? If if something goes wrong, like you're the one who fixes it. You're the one who's up until three in the morning figuring out the website. You're the one who's the IT person and the janitor and the plumber and all of those different things. And the resiliency in our businesses was coming from our own stockpile. And that was fine when you know we were just young professionals like grinding as we're coming up. And we realized coming back with Clay, it's it's been another one of those realizations for it that it's not. And that resiliency now has to come from other people and from working more in conjunction there. So we're really excited about that next step for us. It's something I'm, I'm getting really excited about, frankly, with, with being able to bring different ideas in and, and things like that. It's actually forcing us to look at our, our situation a whole different in a whole different light. And I have... I mean, I always had a ton of respect for the people that started businesses when they already had kids, but now doing it, I'm like, whew, hats off to you. We had always joked, and I'm sure you can listen back if you listen back to earlier episodes of the podcast where we were like, yeah, you know, people ask us all the time, like, oh my gosh, how do you do it all? And we always said we have cats, not kids. And we always said that sort of tongue in cheek, but now we understand it completely differently. It's been really humbling. Absolutely. So I hope this has been helpful for you guys, a special Mother's Day episode. Really grateful for you, Nicole, for all the moms out there who are listening, for those who are in whatever stage of that journey, whether it's not something you're trying for, whether you're struggling with infertility. Just so much respect for everybody who's at every stage of that. So wishing everybody out there a wonderful Mother's Day. And man, I, this has been, it was really, really fun to be going through this journey and to, I feel like we're getting, we're, we're, it's a forced accelerated growth for us. And I'm really glad to be going through this with you, Nicole. So as always, guys, we really appreciate you being on and listening and all of your comments and reviews and all of that good stuff. So as always, let's keep this conversation going and let's continue to rise. Rise.